How's it going, guys? We have a difficult question for internal medicine and also family medicine to an extent for 2CK. A nearly identical question shows up on internal medicine form one offline for 2CK uh, for the clinical master series form. So before we get started, please subscribe to my channel. I really appreciate it. Give the video a like. I really appreciate it. Find me on Instagram at melman underscore medical, M-E-H-L-M-A-N underscore medical, links down below. I mean, Telegram links to the Telegram group and channel down below and I'll start the clip. So 71-year-old male, one-month history of shortness of breath when walking upstairs in his house. He has no chest pain associated with these episodes. He has a history of hypertension managed with hydrochlorothiazide on physical exam. Lungs are clear to auscultation. Jugular venous pulsations are three centimeters above the sternal angle. There's no peripheral edema. Pulse oximetry, 98% room air. Question wants to know the most appropriate next step in diagnosis. So one thing I can tell you is I've asked students, what do you think the diagnosis is here? And it's been to my observation, people struggle. Okay, they say, I'm not sure, is this heart failure? Not really. Okay, and the reason we can say not really, quote unquote, is because if we have, let's say, left heart failure, we would expect pulmonary findings in the patient generally at rest. So Pulse oximetry, 98% on room air, lungs are clear to auscultation. Patients who have left heart failure, they're going to have a degree of pulmonary edema, classically, okay? Right heart failure, the we do not have jugular venous distension, JVD, okay? Three centimeters above the sternal angle is normal, okay? So I've seen this written in questions as such. This confuses students. They think it's JVD. It's not. And we don't have peripheral edema, okay? So left heart failure plus right heart failure equals congestive heart failure. We have neither in this case. Now you say, well, I don't get it. You just said left heart failure is pulmonary findings. We have shortness of breath from walking up the stairs in the house. Well, this is coronary artery disease, okay? So this is atherosclerosis causing ischemic heart disease where when you have increased myocardial oxygen demand in the setting of exertion, then we can get acute decompensation due to inability to perfuse adequately the myocardium, but we don't have left heart failure or right heart failure here. So patient doesn't have angina, but we have atherosclerotic disease nevertheless, okay? So it's important to establish this as I'm prefacing with somewhat extensively because if we thought that this were heart failure, then we would do just an echocardiography straight up as an answer, which it's not listed here, okay? We would do an echo for ejection fraction, okay? Another thing to note, and this is Medicine 301, but nevertheless uh, important for 2CK, notice this patient's on hydrochlorothiazide. Patients who have known prediabetes, diabetes, atherosclerotic disease, any type of heart failure, okay, they're going to be on an ACE inhibitor or an ARB at a minimum, not hydrochlorothiazide. Hydrochlorothiazide or dihydropyridine calcium channel blockers such as nifedipine, those are first line for hypertension in patients who do not have any of the aforementioned conditions as I just fucking said, okay? So prediabetes, diabetes, atherosclerotic disease, or heart failure. So this patient, in theory, because we've got atherosclerotic disease here, would, be, would need to be switched to an ACE inhibitor or an ARB, taken off the hydrochlorothiazide. So question wants to know the next step in diagnosis. Let's whip through the answer choices here. Choice A, coronary angi angiography, wrong fucking answer. This would be confirmatory. Okay, so this is correct for the diagnosis of ischemic heart disease, but not in this case. This is confirmatory. It's not our next best step. Okay, let's just continue through. So we've got two different types of stress tests, ECG and echo. Now, most of the time, for most patients, ECG stress test is correct. Okay, and in this case, that is the correct answer. Now, 
This is what I'm going to point out to you. Very fucking important. Okay, so stick with me here. I told you at the start of this clip that this is very similar to a question on NBME uh, on the internal medicine form one for the 2CK clinical master series forms. On that exam, exercise echo stress test is correct because in that question, they tell you the patient's ECG prior to any type of testing. The patient's ECG uh, demonstrates a left bundle branch block. The rule is you must have a normal baseline ECG to do an ECG stress test, okay? So it's irrelevant that it's a left bundle branch block. They could have said right bundle branch block, okay? They could have said nonspecific ST2 wave changes, which show up in plenty of 2CK questions. So a patient must have a normal baseline ECG to do an ECG stress test. Otherwise, you have to do a different type of stress test. So echo could be correct if the patient, if the patient had an abnormal baseline ECG. In addition, patient could by all means have a pharmacologic stress test. Patients who can't exercise, okay? So I've seen questions where they say patient gets chest pain walking upstairs. This, this patient can exercise without angina. If they say patient gets chest pain walking upstairs, you're not going to do an exercise stress test because the patient can barely exercise. You do a pharmacologic stress test, seen as an answer, which can just be written as cardiac scintigraphy, okay, or thalium. That's a pharmacologic stress test, myocardial perfusion scan. So our correct answer here is uh, exercise ECG stress test. I'll just quickly whip through the final ones. Measurement of serum troponin is wrong answer. I mean, this would be if we suspect an MI. These will rise in the first 12 hours, uh, peak at 12 to 48 hours post-MI, okay? So we would just simply measure those if we suspected uh, necrosis, okay? Choice C, ventilation, perfusions. And also you can do troponins in myocardial uh, contusion, injury, okay? So patients who have car accident and they have uh, bruising of the sternum, severe pain over the sternum, you uh, admit them to hospital, you do troponins, you monitor for arrhythmia. Ventilation perfusion scan, wrong answer. This is classically done for pulmonary embolism diagnosis in women who are pregnant. Okay, you want to avoid the CT if at all possible. I've seen an NBME question where it's some old dude where he had a PE and they told you ventilation perfusion scan shows multiple uh, segmental defects, uh, multiple segmental perfusion defects. That's buzzy on a VQ scan for pulmonary embolism. Okay, it was in some old dude. It wasn't a woman who's pregnant. Okay, but for PE, we classically give heparin first, then we're going to do a uh, CT of the chest, spiral CT. And women who are pregnant, as I just fucking said, you can do a VQ scan, but I've seen an old dude on NBME. You know the deal. I'm going to continue to make more content. If you like my stuff, subscribe to my channel. And I appreciate your time. That's it.